We have an anchor that keeps the soul steady. The Anchor of the Soul with Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. And now, Mike Hickson. The theme of our study this afternoon, worry can wear you out. But I would say not only can it wear you out, it can wear you down. And many people in the world today, many of God's people, have to deal with the problem of worry or anxiety. And so what I want to do is maybe provide some tips that I think will help us in that particular area of life. And so I want to begin by first and foremost talking about the problem of worry. And there, really this would have to do with the causes of worry. And Jesus identifies about five things that cause worry in our lives. If I were to ask you this afternoon, why do you worry? Matter of fact, Jesus asked that very question down in about verse 28. So if you worry or if you find yourself worrying and demonstrating anxiety in life, the question of this hour, why? Now, I understand that some of us are worried, potentially about the economy. Some are fearful that they might lose their job with the conditions that we're facing in this country. Some are worried about the moral conditions of our nation. There are any number of people in the world today that are battling some type of illness or disease, and there is this looming uncertainty that continues to hover. And so what is it that causes you to worry in this life? Look with me, if you would, at what Jesus had to say. And I'm not going to really take the time to elaborate on this. I'll let you do that later. But number one, he cites finances. Verse 24, no man can serve two masters. He's really talking about money there, mammon. A lot of people in the world today, they deal with financial problems, and that's a great concern. There is a second reason why Jesus said people worry. It has to do with food. That is, food, clothing, and shelter. And we live in a land of plenty, and most of us, I suspect, don't have to worry about where our next meal is coming from. But that's not the case with some people in the world today. And then he also cites fashion or what we're going to wear. There is a fourth thing that Jesus indicates in our text. It has to do with our frame, our frailty, our body. You remember the psalmist said many years ago, talking about God, he said, He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. And then I think about what Jesus said, or rather what the psalmist said in Psalm 139, when he said, There is not a word on my tongue, but lo, O Lord, you know it all together. Remember that context? He said, you have searched me and known me. So sometimes we worry about the body. And then there is a final thing that Jesus discusses. It has to do with the future down in verse 34. So those are some of the reasons why we worry. Now it might be that this week you'll want to take out a piece of paper and just write down the things that cause you problems, the worries of life, and then Try to the best of your ability to do what the Lord said in Matthew chapter 6 and in other verses. So number one, the problem 
the causes of worry. But then there is a second thing, and that has to do with what I would say to be the price or cost of worry. I don't have to tell you, matter of fact, many of us, we have read medical reports that say worrying can be problematic to our physical health. It can cause hypertension, high blood pressure. It creates a level of stress on the human body that sometimes causes people to become debilitated. There is this sense of paralysis. And so when you think about the weight of worry in life, there are people in our world, and sadly sometimes there are people in the church, they go to bed at night and they're anxious, they're worried about something. They get up in the morning and guess what? They're worried about what they went to bed with. Some will lie in bed, unable to sleep. And we talked about how blessed we are to enjoy seasons of refreshing through sleep. You remember what the psalmist said, Psalm 127? For so he gives his beloved sleep. And so when you think about the cost, the price of worry, well, to understand it can take a toll on your physical condition, your physical health. But also, not only does it attack us physically, but I want to submit to you that it can attack our spiritual life. If you read Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about, He uses really two illustrations. The birds of the air. And you remember He said in the long ago, He said they don't toil, they don't reap, they don't gather in barns, but your heavenly Father knows basically the things that you have need of. And then he cited the lilies of the field and talked about how Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But in that context, he asked this question, or really makes a statement, O oh, you of little faith, is it possible that worry and anxiety chip away at the faith we have in Almighty God. Is that, a, is that a reality? Sure. Do you think that Jesus understood the psyche of a human being? Sure. You know, we're talking about the one who had the ability to know man, and the reason was because he was man's creator. And so what Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 6 is incredibly pertinent to modern day life. Now, there is a third thing I want to share, and really this is the application part. So number one, as we think about this third point, let's just think for a moment or two about the prescription for worry. Many of us have probably, no doubt, been recently to see our medical doctor, maybe for whatever reason, maybe it's an annual checkup, and it might be the case that there's something physically wrong. Maybe we're dealing with depression, discouragement, etc. But the, the medical doctor, whether it be a male or female, he or she writes out a prescription. And the idea is, you take these pills, you take this drug, and what's it going to do? It's going to help to alleviate the problem that you're facing. So number one, let's just look again at Matthew chapter 6. I want you to see some things in Matthew 6. Number one. There is a command given by Jesus. 
Now you remember I said down in verse 28, Jesus asked the question, why do you worry? That's a fair question, isn't it? But then back up and note if you would. Look at verse 25. Jesus said, therefore I say to you, listen to him, do not worry. Look at, drop down, look at verse 31. Therefore, do not worry. And then look at verse 34. Therefore, do not worry. Three times Jesus emphatically states, do not worry. Now that's easier said than done, isn't it? You know, sometimes we talk in theory and we'll say, you know, theoretically, that sounds good. But the problem is not in theory, it's in practice. So how then do we practice what the Lord said? And by the way, Paul in Philippians chapter 4 would write, In nothing be anxious. That is, don't live in anxiety. Again, easier said than done. So if that's the case, what then is the cure? How do we cure worry? Is it possible for us to somehow deal with worry so that we might enjoy the blessings of life. Do you think the Lord wants you to be happy or to enjoy life? I think the Lord wants us to enjoy a quality life, don't you? You remember Peter would say on one occasion, he that would love life and see good days. It says something about one's attitude, perception of life. So, number one, if we're going to somehow overcome worry in life, number one, we have to have absolute faith in God. That is a prerequisite, isn't it? What was it Jesus asked in our context, in our study? Why do you worry? And then he said, oh, you of little faith. So we've got to fight anxiety or worry with faith in Almighty God. Listen to Solomon many years ago. Solomon said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. A-L-L. Have you learned to trust God with all of your heart? Do you believe God will live up to the promises that He set forth in Scripture? I think He will. And we're talking about Jesus, the Son of God, the God-man. And the Lord Jesus was the agent. He was the agent by which the world was made. It was the Lord who made us in His own image and likeness. And so to put our faith in God, to recognize that there is the danger, as I said a minute ago, for worry, anxiety, to create doubt or wonder. Sometimes we wonder in the midst of our problems or circumstances, where's God? Is God there? Is God concerned? You know, the Bible says over in Matthew chapter 10, the very hairs of your head are numbered. That tells me that the Lord knows something about me. Matter of fact, I would say He knows me better than I know myself. He knows my heart. He knows what I'm struggling with and dealing with in this life. So we've got to develop a rock-solid faith. The apostles on one occasion said, Lord, increase our faith. Well, how do we do that? We've got to spend time reading and studying and meditating on the truth of God, looking at some of those great Old Testament examples like David and others, who recognized that their trust 
had to be in Jehovah God, come what may. So we've got to have faith in the Lord. There's a second thing I want to share with you. Number one, I would encourage you to write these down. Number one, we all need greater faith in God. But number two, I think this is really important. We've got to face our worries or anxieties with God rather than without God. You know, sometimes we try to do a solo act, don't we? In other words, we forget that God is ever-present in life. To realize that anxiety or worry, yes, it might be a part of life, and there might be things in my life that are beyond the scope of my control. And one of the things I think that creates worry or doubt is we don't have control over everything, do we? Are there things that are beyond your control you have absolutely no control in over in life? Well, the answer would be yes. So how do you deal with those things? Do you worry and fret? Do you lie awake at night and wonder, well, where's God in all of this? Do you remember what the Hebrew writer said talking about God? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now we talk about facing our anxieties with God. Listen, if you will, to what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4. In nothing be anxious, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And he goes on to say, And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Imagine the Lord standing guard over your heart. You put your faith in Him. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. You remember King Hezekiah in the long ago? Hezekiah was faced with imminent death. The prophet Isaiah was summoned to go to him, and he said, set your house in order, and really this all came from God. Thus says the Lord, set your house in order. He said, for you will die and not live. How'd you like to get that news this week? That you're facing some type of terminal illness. I saw a clip yesterday about a man, young man, two small children diagnosed with terminal cancer. Now, that'd be a tough thing to face in life. But what the Bible says is when you look at the life of Hezekiah, and I know that this is a special circumstance, it involved, it involved a special set of circumstances. But the Bible says that Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed. Can we not go before the throne of God and pray? Is it not the case that we can go before God's throne and literally lay before Him our anxieties or our worries in this life? And here's a question. Do you think God understands what you're going through? Yes or no? He understands, doesn't He? It might be there are times in life when we limit God. Well, God, you just don't understand. You have no idea. Look, He understands. He knows what you're facing. And so to face those anxieties or fears or worries with prayer. No wonder Paul said, pray without ceasing. That's a tremendous blessing, isn't it? So I would say that if we first and foremost understand the importance of faith and then factor in this idea of facing our anxieties 
with God rather than without God. Many of us have seen that bumper sticker from time to time that reads, God is my co-pilot. Look, I don't want God to be my co-pilot, do you? I want Him to be my pilot. I want Him to be in the captain chair. Well, why is that? Because I've got to learn to trust Him. Now, there's another reason I think that we ought to think about when it comes to worry. Another reason not to worry. Another reason how to deal with worry. And that involves, number one, let me just, it's not on the outline, but let me just say this. Forget the past. Let me tell you what, that is tough to do, isn't it? Forget the past. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, pressing forward. Sometimes we live in worry and anxiety because of what we have done in the past. And sadly, there are some of us who are members of the body of Christ. We've been forgiven of sin. We are a part of the body of Christ, but we continue to beat ourselves up day in, day out over our prior activities, prior actions, prior sins, mistakes. We continually question, what does God really mean? He'll forgive me completely. I mean, does He really mean that? Will He really stand by that promise? Yes, He will. We all have baggage. And to learn to let go of the past. But then there's another thought. We have to learn to live in the present. In other words... What I want to submit is we need to focus on the present, don't we? Focus on the here and now. Drop down, look at verse 34 if you would. Look at Matthew 6, down in verse 34. I want you to just read this with me. Now you remember Jesus has talked about those who are worried about what they're going to eat and what they're going to drink and what they're going to wear and so on. And then in verse 32 he said, after all these things the Gentiles seek. Now note, for your heavenly Father knows you have need of these things. Does God know what I need? Yes, He does. Does God understand? Again, the answer emphatically, yes, He does. All right, look at verse 33. Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then what does He say? And all these things shall be added to you. Does God have the ability to take care of us, to meet the needs that we have in this life? Yes. Now, having said that, look at verse 34. Therefore, in light of everything that has just been said, here's what the Lord said. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Well, why would that be the case? Why would Jesus say, do not worry about tomorrow? So here's... Question number one, how much control do you exercise over tomorrow? Do you control the sunrise? Well, what about the sunset? You control that? Look, the bottom line is there are some things that are out of the scope of our power, aren't they? And so I can't worry about tomorrow. And here's what Jesus said. Tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You know what he's saying there? 
Let me put it in modern vernacular. He's saying you have more troubles than you can say grace over today. Don't even begin to worry about tomorrow. Now, I'm not saying that we don't plan, that we don't potentially forecast, okay, this might happen, that might happen. We take into consideration the various circumstances of life. But the bottom line is, Jesus said, look, you've got to learn to live one day at a time. Is that easy or hard to do? And sometimes we are a week, two weeks, sometimes we are six weeks out, three months out, a year out. And we're, we are worried about this or that. And look, we have absolutely no control. Do what you can do. I mentioned a moment ago, write down your anxieties, the, the things that trouble you. Write down on a sheet of paper the things that you have control of, things that you, can, that you have the power to change. On the other side of the ledger, write down those things that are beyond your control. Or maybe put it on two sheets of paper. The things that you have no control over, that you've written down, throw it in the garbage. Well, why would I want to do that? Well, how much good is it going to do for you to carry it around? You can't control it, right? So, to focus on the present. Let me ask this question. Where is God in the grand scheme of things? Does God have the ability to control the future? He does, doesn't He? So if God is in absolute control of the future, somebody said one time, I do not know what the future holds, but I do know the one who holds the future. That's God, isn't it? So if our faith is in God, and we're facing our anxieties with God, then my question, why worry? Why be filled with anxiety? Now, there is a final thing I want to share with you. It has to do with fixating certain things in our mind. And by that I mean what we need to do is take control of the mind. Think on things that are positive rather than things that are negative. How much time do you spend on a daily basis watching or reading about the day-to-day -day problems in this You watch the evening news? You watch a lot of talk, talk shows about the direction of our country for good or bad? Could I give you just what I consider to be a bit of advice? If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, then you don't have to take it. But I want to encourage us to quit spending so much time in front of the television watching about the events that are taking place in this country. The political stuff that's going on, look, it's good to know what's going on in our country, but the bottom line is when you spend time using some type of social media or if you're focused on television, the radio, and you're listening to all the problems of the world, I promise you it will wear you out and destroy your life. It'll keep you messed up and worked up about something all the time. Listen, I had to say, you know what, I can't do that. There was a time when I spent a, lot of, I spent a lot of quality time looking at what was going on in our country. And I finally came to the conclusion, you know what, I'm going to make myself sick. And these folks, they are sick and I can't help them. What I need to do is turn my mind around. And so 
I would say it like this. We need to fine-tune our mind. Do you believe that? You remember over in Philippians chapter 4 where Paul talked about those things that are true and just and noble and pure and lovely, those things that are of good report. Remember what he said? If there's any virtue, anything praiseworthy, think on these things. So here's, here's what I encourage you to do. Things that are productive, that are helpful to you, focus on that. Things that are counterproductive to your faith and to your mental psyche, quit doing it. If it means turning the television off, turning the news off, quit reading all this stuff on social media, do it. It will help you. Does that make sense? I'm not saying that you don't need to know what's going on. I'm not saying this wrong to keep up with current events. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I am saying is, if that is your steady diet, man, you'll be so messed up, you won't be able to think right. And I don't believe the Lord wants us to do that. To do that. I have no control over the future of our nation. Do you? I know this. Daniel said, The Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he wishes. If God wants to give our country to another country, that's his business. It's not my business. If God wants to do this with America, again, that's in His court. I have no control over that. Let me tell you what, all the armaments in our world will not stop God's plans. I don't care how much, I don't know, I don't care how many weapons you have at your disposal. I don't care how powerful you think you are. Let me tell you what, if God says you're going down, you're going down. If God says, I'm giving this nation to somebody else, then He'll do it. So, we need to fine-tune our mind, don't we? Remember what Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 4? I'll tell you what, just turn over to Proverbs very quickly. If you don't have this verse underlined, I'd encourage you to do it. Look at, at Proverbs chapter 4. Solomon was renowned for his wisdom. Look at verse 23. In verse 23, he said, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. What he's saying is you need to take control of the inner man, the heart, that seat of emotion and intellect. And then turn over to Proverbs chapter 23 and look at verse 7. Now we talk about fine-tuning the mind. Here it is. Read it with me. Solomon said, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. What you put in is going to dictate how you think. And so my encouragement is, put the right stuff in so that the bad doesn't come out. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. We have a lot more control in life than we think. What we've got to do is learn to put everything in God's court. I'm not saying that there aren't things that, that we don't need to do. I'm not saying that we don't need to prepare and plan and so on. But what I am saying is there are some things that wear us out. There are things that wear us down. And the bottom line is there's no reason for it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love and care for us. We acknowledge our anxieties and worries. We ask, Father, that you give us the faith and the strength that we need 
to rise above the worries of this life, to cast our cares on you. And Father, we pray that you would constantly be at our side as we navigate through life, and that we would allow you to be the pilot in our everyday activities. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll just close by reminding you of a verse when we talk about care and anxiety. Matter of fact, I'll give you two verses. First is in Psalm 55, 22. And David there is the writer. And David's talking about some problems that he faced from someone who was on the inside. That is, somebody who was very close to him. And so David in the long ago said, Evening, morning, and noon will I pray and cry aloud. And of course, the Lord would hear his, his prayers. But down in verse 22, he said, Cast your burden on the Lord. And here's what he'll do. He will sustain you. And then over in 1 Peter chapter 5, at verse 7, Peter said, Casting all your care on Him, for He cares for you. If we will learn to do that, it will help us overcome the stresses and strains of life. Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul. We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love